Smartcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Gran Leyenda Tequila. This tequila knows there's no substitute for a great taste. This award-winning and organic tequila is handcrafted and comes in four different flavors. Gran Leyenda takes great pride introducing the world to organic tequilas that do not compromise quality. To learn more, visit GranLeyendaTequila.com. Gran Leyenda, the official tequila of the East-West Football Podcast. Must be 21 and older to enjoy. Please drink responsibly. Whether you're flexing your faith or customizing clothes, Lambs of God Designs is the place to go. Check out the latest merch at lambsofgod.faith. Use the promo code EASTWEST to get 10% off your order. Now back to the show. Life and football are very similar. Without an identity, you will not achieve your ultimate prize. Defense wants championships. Pride and passion meet success. You gotta love what you do. Thank you for listening to the East West Football Podcast with Jerry Martinez, Kendall Whitley, and now here is your host, Fidel Barraza. Thank you for listening to the East West Football Podcast. I am your host, Fidel Barraza. Alongside with me, like always, my co-host, Jerry Martinez and Kendall Whitley. How are you guys doing? Pretty good, man. What's going on, everybody? Yeah, doing good. Uh, got my second dose of that zombie shot. So uh, we'll see how life is going forward, right? You know, Jerry, I got mine too on Thursday, <laughs> and I felt like crap the next day. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> you know, I will tell you this. The, the, I, I didn't feel nothing on the first one, but the second one, it, it, it on the second one, I will t- I will say this. You'll wake up sore, a little bit more sore on the than what you did with the first dose. And uh yeah, you'll wake up tired. So those are the only two things I, I felt the next day was tired and I didn't have all those other side effects. What about you, Kendall? You get your shots ready? I have not gotten it yet as we speak, but maybe down the road. I'm still doing my research on the on this zombie thing or whatever. <laughs> it's don't, just a joke. don't don't be scared now. All right. (laughs) And on tonight's podcast, we will be talking about some hidden gems in this year's draft class. Jerry, let's start out with you. Wow. Um, Man, there's so many right now. I think, uh, for instance, when you, I mean, you got to look at 
you got to look at what what's your what's what kind of cup of tea you're, you're trying to drink right i guess in a nutshell because you got so many names that are ascending and and some names are des- descending right now i i think that most people want to talk about mac jones right because earlier before the the whole draft process i mean everyone said okay he's gonna be a solid second rounder you know second round third round quarterback but now we're talking about him being potentially a third round pick so you know i think that mentioning some of these names off the top of my head it's gonna be uh great right because these names we've been hearing more and more um so i guess let's let's start off with the offensive and defensive and Kendall if you got any names I mean if you want to add on I mean just just uh, cut right in but uh let's go offensively so offensively Elijah Moore uh Kadarius Tooney those two names uh, they're wide receivers small they're small wide receivers small in stature uh, about 5'9 uh probably about 185 pounders at most maybe 180 pounders uh but they're they have blazing speed uh look like they're going to be absolute monsters, especially in the slot. But from what I've been seeing is both those names are, are potentially in the first round. Um, I don't know. Did you want to, did you want to mention anything on that, on the, on those two names, Kendall? Yes. Um, I like, I like both of those guys, but um, while you already on the wide receivers, you kind of took my, I'm going to go with Dwayne Eskridge from Western Michigan. He's about five nine one nine. He, he, he is explosive. He's kind of, he can he can do some things at the backfield, but he actually he can also get downfield. I love his tape. He, he keep an eye on him. He's not gonna be a first rounder. Probably won't be a second rounder. Probably you can get probably get him on day three. But he he can fly. And my other wide receiver, I'm gonna go with Seth Williams from Auburn. He he can play the X on the outside. He's explosive. He's he's a big he's a big 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 outside wide receiver. I, I love I love his tape also. He does a lot. So he, and he's a big time red zone throw. He kind of reminds me of a little bit like a Dez Grind or Josh Gordon. That's what he. That's what he kind of reminds me of. But um, he had an interesting game last year against J.C. Horn from South Carolina, and they were going back and forth. I think J.C. kind of got the best out of him for the most part. I think that's the game. That's one of my first games seeing J.C. Horn. He kind of he kind of put the, the the league on notice. He kind of it was kind of like his coming out party. But that day, if you go, you have some time, go back and look at that matchup between J.C. Horn and Seth Williams. Yeah, I mean, get your popcorn ready because that that was a great that was a great um matchup there. But Seth Williams and Dwayne Estra are two names I want you guys to go look at. They are hidden gym. I think they can be. I think they can be day one stars in the league at some point. Yeah, Eskridge actually showed off at the, at the Senior Bowl. So yeah, that's why I kind of wanted to to mention uh, some wide receivers there. Uh, wide receivers right now on, on the decline are Armand Ra, St. Brown. Nobody's mm. really talking about him right now. He's actually a very good prospect. Kylan Wallace also. Out of, I love him. State. Yeah, not many people are talking about him. So. You're talking about mid to late second round is what I'm seeing them uh, there right now, uh, and it's crazy because these are great prospects that were ju- that I just mentioned off. But let's go ahead and continue on. I mean, uh, this this draft though, I will tell you this: once you see the run, it's going to dictate the whole draft. So when when you see a position, the run start, man, that's going to dictate the whole draft. So. If you are in need of offensive line, you need to make sure you get this early because the, I'll tell you this, it's not that it will dry up, but the prospects would not be what you you would think. But some prospects to keep in mind are like, uh, of course, you got, you got, you know, you got the uh, Mayfields, uh, which is, he plays offensive tackle for Ohio State. 
but uh, like Brady Christensen from uh, BYU, he's an offensive tackle. Man, he he's been he's been um, he's been just ascending, uh, especially after his pro day. Um, there's also some mm-hmm. names out there that I I like personally. Um, I know that um, one of one of them, uh, his name is. Uh, uh, he's from Cincinnati. Goodness, I'm sorry, it just kind of slipped my mind. Uh, his name is uh, James Hudson. Uh, I think that this is a name you need to keep an eye out. Deontay Smith from East Carolina, mm-hmm. and a name that's been ascending to the first round is Karma Jackson. So this, these are some names that that could potentially be starters in the NFL. Uh, going, I, I also like Carlos Basham from Wake from Wake from Wake Forest. Defensive end, uh, he's he's explosive. I love. I think he's. I don't. I don't think he's. He, he might could be like a. I I, I think he could be a second round pick, but I think he's kind of going up the boards a little. But I love his tape too. Go go do some work on him when you get to, when you get a chance, guys. But he's 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 a very underrated player. Well, I'm not quite ready to get to to to, to defense yet, but yes, uh, Carl's Basham. Um, I I believe he goes under Boogie, right? Uh, yeah. But uh, there's also right to to round out the offense, Kel. Kellen Mond out of Texas A&M. His name has been ascending, especially after Chris Sims put out his top four uh, quarterbacks. I think he named our top five quarterbacks. And uh, he mentioned Kellen Mond up there at, at five. And I was surprised because he had him ahead of uh, people from, um, I mean, he had, he had him ahead of uh, Justin Fields. He had him ahead of, uh, Wow, man, he had him. He had him ahead of uh, the uh, the Bison quarterback. What's his name again? Jeez, Trey Lance. Trey Lance. Trey Lance. Trey Lance. Trey Lance. Yeah. So, <clears throat> yeah, that 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 for for Chris Sims to name Kellen Mond uh, ahead of Trey Lance is it's a, it's a bold statement. And you go back and you see his record. His record in the SEC was eight and one. He only lost to the Aggies. I mean. He played. He he was the Aggie starting quarterback, but he lost to the um, the only team he lost to was to uh, Bama, and uh, I mean Alabama is hard for any player. That's not a that's not a bad loss. <laughs> it's yeah. not a bad loss. And then uh, speaking of uh, Kellen Mond, uh, I know uh, Coach Jackson was working with him too, as well. And he was telling me he's a good quarterback, great arm, mm-hmm. intangible. So he ha- he has a, he has a very good arm. I think the the knock with him and many play and many scouts or many people that actually evaluate him is that he 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 I, and I see it. It's because some people say you cannot get away with that throw, with that pass in the NFL because he trusts his arm so much. I mean he has he has an arm where he can just I mean he can get it he can get it with timing accuracy. I mean right there. And sometimes, you know, in the NFL, you you wouldn't you wouldn't take a chance with that kind of uh, that kind of NFL pass. Who would, would you kind of compare him to, Jerry? Oof, that's a good that's a good question there, Kendall. Um, Kellen Mond, I mean, sheesh, it's kind of hard, right? Because I mean, we haven't really seen a quarterback like that that has his skill set have that much success or been allowed to have that kind of success in the NFL. So, if I had to give you an NFL comparison for him. I would say, oh man, I mean, he has a pretty good arm. So, wow, it's been a while. And he's mobile as well. Yeah, I was gonna say he's mobile. Too. What about what about Colin Kaepernick, Jerry? Oh, I was gonna say 
I was going to say he's a little bit better than Colin because his footwork. They're kind of built the same. They're, they're they, like they, the are, same. they are built the same, but his footwork is better. And his uh, his his actual his attention to detail is really good. Like in other words, he un- he understands of timing, anticipation, where he thinks his his, his receivers are going to be. He'll get the ball there. It's kind of hard. I, I really I try not to get too hyped into uh, into when it comes to uh, I try not to get lost into it. But I'm just trying to think right now in the NFL right now that maybe kind of kind of see. Uh, in the NFL right now, let's see. Oh man, um, I guess I'm gonna have to get back on that one, but anyways, uh, let's move on to the defense. Um, uh, so man, defensively, I mean, we got some names jumping up like crazy, especially at the linebacker position, Jameen Davis out of Kentucky, and I mean, his name is like skyrocketed. At one point, nobody was even talking about him. Uh, we have our we have our scout in house that covers him. He told us like a, uh, he told us during the whole process, he's like, "This kid's special, man." They're going to be talking about him like right before the draft, and he was right. He called it. Just Kentucky don't get that love, but when you put on his body of work, the guy's all over the field, flies, and then he had a great pro day. I've heard Jameen Davis is maybe even linked up to the Patriots at pick fifteen, Baron Browning. Baron Browning plays for Ohio State. His name also a high second round. I'm getting by uh, that. That's what I've been hearing. Um, and uh, as far as like Kendall said, we're let's talk about some defensive ends. Carlos Basham. I mean, he's gonna be a solid second rounder. Uh, but some names that really have ascended. It's crazy, right? Because we we already see, we already know their names because they become household names. But Jalen Phillips. Um, man, wow, he, he had a great year as a hurricane, just became a sack artist. But, some uh, let's go a little bit deeper. I, I would say, with some, with some, some names, you would have to look at UAB's uh, UAB, they have a, a an edge rusher there. His name is um, well, let's talk about just edge rushers in general, right? Uh, Joseph Asai. Uh, Payne Turner, Quincy Roche, but the the player I was talking about was Jordan Smith. Man, that guy is going to be something special. He's going to be a third, a third, maybe third to fourth round pick. But watch out! Once he gets to the NFL and he can put on some weight, watch out, man. He's going to be something special. The way he plays is just insane. Uh, Patrick Jones also, guys, just gotten better and better every year as he as he's as he's been a, a player uh, and some, some later round names. Cause I mean, this is going to be hidden gems, right? So uh, watch out with the Hamill record, uh, ha- ha- Hamill record uh, out of Oregon state. The I'll tell you this, the positional group that's really deep in this year's draft is the defensive tackle. I would have to say, I mean, this is the year. If your team is missing anybody, make sure that you pay attention to some of these names. But um, so some of the top names obviously are Levi uh, um, on Warzer, uh, Zerky. I'm sorry, he's uh, out of Washington. Davian Nixon. Um, I, we've heard Tommy uh, Tigai. He's also from BYU. 
Milton Williams and uh, Jay Tufili. That's a name that we've been hearing a lot. And uh, Tyler Shelvin. But some names that have been real big is uh, Aline McNeil in the later rounds, of course. Jalen Twyman, Marvin Wilson, Osa Urigwasa. He's out of UCLA. Oh, man. Bobby Brown the third from Texas A&M. And Darius Stills, man. I love that kid, man. Watch out, man. When you ever see Darius Stills, and he has, and he has a brother, too, who's also coming out from West Virginia. Wow, man. I mean, he looks like a madman. Like, he just does not know how to stop. And then it gets him in trouble. He'll, he'll, he'll completely miss the running back because he's already in the backfield in less than two seconds. It's insane the motor that guy plays with. I don't know where he learned it, but his aggression is great. Uh, one 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 defensive player I like is Chaz Chaz Surratt from UNC. I saw that linebacker is real great, real great player, great good speed. I love his love his tape. And another one is I, I think he's is I think it's kind of gone. His stock has went down a little bit, and it's gone kind of quiet on him. It's Dylan Moses from Alabama. I just I don't know why a lot of I mean I don't know maybe it was the injury he had the year for last against Duke and probably have a pretty good season this come this year. But I love I love Dylan Moses. He's pretty good and he's explosive and whatnot. So I don't know why a lot a lot of talk is going down on him. Yeah, Dylan Moses is a name that has has lost a lot of steam. Uh, I think you know honestly, kind of when it comes to Dylan Moses, a lot of it was missed tackles. Um, he has the sideline to sideline you want, but you don't want those missed tackles, especially out of your linebackers. But yeah, I've been hearing his his name is like in the second to third round, so. Um, it's just, uh, it's just, it's just insane to see him. Like he was potentially a first round linebacker, and we're talking about Dylan Moses. For him to just completely get out of the second and, and maybe possibly be a third round linebacker is insane. Chad Surratt, crazy story about him is kind of like uh, Kayla Farley. They are both uh, quarterbacks. They're they're both quarterbacks slash wide receivers. <laughs> That, that played quarterback slash wide receiver in high school and, and came in and, and that was their position. And uh, both of them were supposed to play a position. And, and then they got, tra- they got, they got, uh, they made positional switches um, within a season or, or within that same season. But Chas Rott was a quarterback. So, I mean, the way he plays is sideline to sideline. He's going to be an interesting name to, to, to keep an eye out. It's going to be a baller. Jerry, could you could you see um Moses getting into the like the second round maybe? Oh yeah, I think Moses is probably gonna be potentially second to third round. Yeah, his name's really falling. I don't know. I think people are, are kind of drilling too much on the uh on the injury that he had the year before and the missed tackles that he had this season. But yeah. Um and then of course uh let's talk about some safeties, man. It's gonna be a deep class. Um some names um some names that you can kind of keep an eye out for. Now, I'm not talking about they're going to be immediate starters or they're going to be like day one. These are guys that are probably special teams, play some nickel for you, and eventually some safety. It's going to take them a year or maybe a season. Within the seat, the first rookie season, you'll see them starting to play. Uh, Reed Blankenship, wow, man. He's he's <laughs> he's a turnover machine. Um, you got um, – Reed, Reed Blankenship, he's out of uh, Tennessee State. I, be, I believe that's his school. I'm sorry if I got that Andre wrong. Cisco, he's a pretty good say. I was doing some tape of him the other day. He, he, I love, love him. Yeah, Cisco, Cisco at one point, I mean, at one point he had 12, 12 interceptions in two seasons. And then last year he 
towards ACL. I mean, now he's he's better. Uh, some names out there though: Caden Stearns out of uh, Texas. Um, also, um, you have uh, Richard Leconte, um, to uh, Tulana uh, Hufanga out of USC. Watch out, man! That guy, he's a striker. All these guys are gonna play special teams. And of course, you get to Cisco and then Adarius Washington. Wow, man! Uh, to to me, he he does look like he he tries to be like the honey badger. And uh, so, so of course, some key names up there would be, you know, Richie Grant and uh, Tre- Te- Trevon uh, Moy Rig. So, yeah, uh, those are those are in a nutshell. Those are kind of some uh, some names to keep an eye out. We, we should see if. If they're going to be in the first round, maybe second round or third rounders, but these are all names that could eventually make impacts in the NFL. I, I want to talk about. Let's go back to to uh, to the quarterbacks in this year's draft. I want to. Sure. I want to talk about Kyle Trask, quarterback sure. out of Florida. So his stock was very high in the beginning of the season and kind of took a little bit of a dive towards the end. What do you think that is? And do you see him possibly being a good starter in the NFL one day? Look, I'll tell you this. When when I look at when I look at the quarterback, when I look at this quarterback, Caltrass specifically, I see a quarterback that is, I mean, you everything you'd want in a quarterback, tall, I mean, big, right? Just a big, a big, strong arm quarterback, um, has decent wheels to get to the first down if he needs to pull it, you know, pull it down. And from 2019 to 2020, 2020, he seemed to be doing very well for himself as far as technique-wise. And yes, I will tell you this: when you actually look at it, he actually was using proper form when he was doing his, his dropbacks. But then, you know, a, a couple of things that kind of like some of the things that I've been hearing is just basically chatter that's kind of like pushed his name down. And uh, it was just the way the season ended up for the the Gators. You know, all that talent that you had at one point, you had some of the best talent. People were saying you're gonna win. You're gonna win this. Uh, you're gonna win. You're gonna win the championship, and and you come away with less than a championship. Of course, it tarnishes your name. And then the way his season ended, it wasn't the best. So I think that right now, that's why nobody's really talking about him. Um, nobody's really talking about him. But I will tell you this: if he falls into the right situation, it'd be perfect because with him, he would be one of those type of players that could just sit back with no expectations, and then you're not gonna start him. You're not going to start him unnecessarily. Like, like literally, he's going to have to sit, uh, sit, and watch and be a pro and watch out. He can be a pro in the NFL. Where do you think he'll land in this year's? Oh draft? man, I've been, I've, I've been. I'll tell you this. Uh, I believe the hype right now. I think maybe perhaps with the Chicago Bears. I think that that would be a good landing spot for them. I think maybe they they hope that he falls to them in the second round. I think the other team we have to watch out for is the New Orleans Saints as well. Yeah, I think uh, I think he right. would fit in well to what Sean Payne likes to do. No, yeah, you're absolutely right. I think that when you stop, you look at the big picture. It's one of those things where you're just like, dang, <laughs> right? I think uh, anytime you're talking about a quarterback and a potential quarterback of the future, and like I said, it's going to be one that you just draft. I don't know, but the Saints have been known to be wild cards. So you never know, man. The Saints can pull the trigger on him in the first round. Let let me get your thoughts on Sam Ellinger, the quarterback out of Texas. Oh man, I think Sam Ellinger could 
Sam Ellinger has actually matured and grown into a player that that uh, that everybody wanted him to be. And but uh, I mean, what I see is he kind of he's kind of like a Taysom Hill to me. If that makes any sense to you, I think that he could have success in in the NFL with that being that type of quarterback. Davis Mills, quarterback out of Stanford. Wow. I mean, you're talking about a guy that has a pretty strong arm. He's not a perfect quarterback, um, but I will tell you this: he comes from Stanford, so playing playing against you know USC, the, basically the Pac-12, you know you're not you're 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 not you're, a, you're not a slouch. But his name has been gotten has been he's been getting a lot of hype, and I wouldn't be surprised if he's early second round, maybe even second rounder for sure. And that's because we weren't even talking about him during the whole beginning of the draft process. Let's talk about some quarterbacks that maybe in the beginning of the of the college football season, not a lot of people were talking about being first round picks, but now we're, you know, about three weeks out of the draft and one of the quarterbacks specifically, Mac Jones. I mean, he's picked up a lot of, you know, steam coming into this year's draft as far as him being a top quarterback in, in the draft class. I mean, do you believe the hype on Mac Jones? I mean, couple months back, we weren't really hearing about Mac Jones being, you know, possibly the third quarterback taken, you know, in this year's draft. Interested to get your thoughts. Yeah. Um, you know, honestly, <laughs> when you stop, you look at it. Uh, <clears throat> with Mac Jones, there, like, there's nothing that you can look at. When you see Mac Jones, the only thing that comes to mind is that he doesn't have the athletic, athleticism that you would – that you're seeing in the modern day game, right? Which when I say athleticism, I'm saying Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, right? Guys with big arms and that could run around. With Mac Jones, you're kind of getting a guy right in the middle, man. Like he's he's kind of like the thing with him is that he has the championship pedigree. He has good he has good fundamentals, good technique, and uh he just gets the job done and he doesn't have a big personality. But uh for him to go all the way to be mentioned with, you know, the number three pick to the 49ers. It's yeah. just nuts. It's well, well, let's talk about that. Let's go a little bit more in depth. So, obviously, we've heard, we've seen everything. All signs are pointing to the Niners drafting Mac Jones with the third overall pick. They made the splash a couple weeks back, trading trading up with the Miami Dolphins to get that pick. And from what I read, from what I've seen, it looks like Mac Jones is – slated to be drafted by the Niners it's kind of hard right when when you know friend of a friend of the show Matt Mayoko uh when he's he's saying you know this is the pick and yeah. we even heard Adam Schefter say this is the pick at pick three you know it, it just to me it's just nuts it's insane how you would you would mortgage the 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 I mean I know the 49ers in a win now mode and from all the teams that are there in the first round picking uh, what a what whatever rookie is selected there, and, and if it is Mac Jones, wow, man! I mean, he, I mean, you have all the surrounding pieces you need, and you're gonna have a strong, unique running game that you've never seen in your life because Kyle Shanahan is just a genius when it comes to scheming up running games. So, definitely, whatever situation is, it, you're you know, whoever it's gonna be, um, it looks like because of the insiders it looks like it's it is going to be mac jones i think that he is going to succeed with the 49ers oh he's playing the ultimate poker game and saying he's going to go with mac jones 
my next question is what's going on with Justin Fields? I mean, he going into this year's draft last year, he was slated to be the second overall quarterback taken behind Trevor Lawrence. So why, why now are we seeing or hearing that, that shoot, Justin Fields might be the third or fourth quarterback taken in the draft. So now since Zach Wilson is slated to be drafted by the New York Jets and all the signs are pointing to that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a, it's a unique situation because I still have Justin Fields uh, second. I mean, I, I haven't, I have, I mean, a couple of things have changed. I mean, I will admit, I like what I see in Zach Wilson real quick, but I still have Justin Fields as uh, kind of like a second right behind Trevor Lawrence. So for him to lose, to lose and, you know, lose steam, his name was hot at one moment. And just because of, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm going to point to the loss that he had against Alabama. I think that, I think that that's kind of like what what tarnished his name a bit, and that's why we're not hearing Justin Fields right there. But let's play devil's advocate real quick. Uh, I think that maybe there is some truth to Kyle Shanahan's poker face. I mean, maybe he is moving into his third spot and just completely letting the media take. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Take he's letting the media just uh, which is good. Yeah, if if he let's just say the 49ers select. Justin Fields, they're going to get a blue-collared superstar. And when I say a blue-collared superstar, I'm saying he's a superstar, but a very humble one. Yeah, He has a big chip on his shoulder, a huge chip on his shoulder, and he just gets to work. He's just there to get to work, and he's not there to mess around. or He's, he's not there messing around. He's not there to – he's there to get to work. And that's exactly what you're going to get in Justin Fields. Um, but let's just play, like I said, the devil's advocate. You know, uh, Cal Shanahan has his own. I don't know if you know this, but Cal Shanahan has his own quarterback school. Mm-hmm. You know, do you know the the quarterback school? I don't know the name of it now. Okay, cool. So, but 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 some of the names on that quarterback are M- Mike Lafleur, Matt Lafleur, Cal Shanahan, and of course his dad, uh, Mike, Mike Shanahan, over- yep. my, is is there overseeing with with the the players and what. Uh, so it's just very unique when you stop and you look at the situation. Um, the 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 quarterback school, well, right. So this is for high school players that are going into college. So it's just a unique situation when you look and you actually go on the website. So if anybody's interested in, in signing up for it, when you go to the website, the player that's on there is Justin Fields, and when Justin Fields attended that quarterback school, Kyle Shanahan was just raving about how th- he's going to be a stud quarterback. And like I said, he beat, he beat Trevor Lawrence. He's beaten Trevor Lawrence at every stage because Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields have been duking it out since they've been in middle school. And he's beat them at all, at all, at all, at all levels. Even in the elite 11, Justin Fields came out victorious. So why wouldn't you want that? I just think that right now it's more of a, a of a narrative that the media has portrayed, and uh, that's why Justin's name has not been um, now has now he's kind of fallen out. Uh, I mean, at one point it was like where would Justin go? I mean, well, if Justin gets out of the, the ten, I mean, wow, there's going to be some teams that are going to be just gnawing at, gnawing at each other, and one of the teams that comes to mind is the Patriots. 
Patriots. Uh, you got the Washington football team. You got the Chicago Bears. All these teams need quarterbacks ASAP. You know what I mean? So, and if you get Justin Fields because of this, this, this media narrative that's been portrayed of him, wow. I mean, it's going to be one of the biggest deals for an NFL team soon. Teens, we have a special guest. We have the two-time Super Bowl winning champ, Brian McFadden, as our special guest. Welcome, Brian. What's up, guys? Thank you for having me. Yes, sir. So uh, we're going to talk about... Uh, we're gonna talk kind of like similar to your podcast, all things right, all things covered. Uh, so uh, let's 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 jump right into it, Kendall. Yes, man. What's going on with you, Brian? Doing all right there? I'm doing pretty good. It's a great day to be alive, Kendall. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You are on Pat Peterson. Y'all do the All Things Covered podcast, man. When did y'all start it? Ah, uh, you know what? Our first episode, I think, happened leading up to the first week in the NFL, if I'm not mistaken, uh, either the first week or after the first week. But that was our first inaugural episode. That episode featured Tyron Matthew, uh, the Honey Badger, the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, and since then, we've been dropping episodes every week. Uh, it's, it's funny because it seems like just yesterday we was doing our first episode, and I don't know exactly how many episodes we're in right now. Uh, but we've been having fun with it. It was an idea that I kind of brought uh, that I brought in front of Pat P um, during the summertime when it was, uh, you know, the pandemic was definitely affecting everybody. And uh, he said that he would be, you know, intrigued or interested in doing something like that. And I kind of brought the idea to CBS as well. Mm-hmm. And we just started the, the groundwork, you know what I mean? Most importantly, I wanted to come up with a name that resonated right. to myself and Pat P and that would resonate to our audience and came up with all things covered. Cause I just didn't want to just talk football. You know what yeah. I mean? I know when people here, you know, Patrick Peterson or Brian McFadden, if they know anything about us, they know we're a football guy, but we also tune into other sports. We also yeah. uh, tune into other things that's not sports related. So I wanted mm-hmm. to be able to have the title of our show, basically give you a brief summary of what we potentially could talk about, which is all things. Yes. And, uh, the rest is history. Tell me a little bit about the grind on the weekly process, you know, scheduling gas, doing some of your homework on these gas and just other things that you have to put in throughout the week. Uh, it, it's been, you know, not necessarily a grind, but just more extra stuff. You know, mm-hmm. for me, I'm always doing my normal responsibilities for CBS Sports HQ covering college football, NFL football, fantasy, gambling, and then also getting ready for podcasts. Uh, the good thing that me and Pat have, the relationships that we've been able to establish throughout our professional time, throughout our collegiate time, is still uh, very much intact. You know, every guest that we've pretty much had on, we've reached out personally, either Pat P or myself. Uh, and that has been extremely beneficial for us because when we personally reach out to guys that we know, it's more of a regular generic conversational piece you know you don't necessarily get tyron matthew that you get after after a game when he's doing a presser with the media you know you don't get a guy like juju smith schuster right after a game you get guys that are normally you know they're conversating with people who they know or know of so it kind of gives more of a barbershop type feel you know in the barbershop you have some of the most comfortable conversations that you would have you don't talk the same way you do 
at home like you may do at the barbershop. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. So that, those are some of the elements we've been able to do because of the relationships. And we get people just to open up, you know, be comfortable and may say some things that they normally wouldn't say because they feel the setting is more uh, suited to what they're used to instead of being more of a business type setting. I'm going to switch the on the field for a second. I see you got your Steelers gear in the back. Your two Steelers jersey, then, you know, your two-time Super Champion with them. Yep. What is your take on the future of the Steelers? Like, how, how is the future shift now? We you know Big Ben, some of the other players. What, what do you think? How, how, do you, how do you see the Steelers trending right now? Man, I, you know, right now, you got to look at the Steelers in a year-to-year eyesight, eye form, to say the least. You know what I mean? In a year-to-year eye frame. Because right now, it's safe to say this will be Big Ben's last year. Mm-hmm. And with that being said, you got to go ahead and push. So back in place, because when you lose a franchise quarterback, you don't know how long it would take for you to get another franchise quarterback. You know what I mean? So you look at guys like big Ben, who's been playing double digit years. You know, you look at the New Orleans saints, who's kind of going through the same thing that Pittsburgh will eventually go through trying to replace a hall of famer. You know, that can be a very, very daunting task. So, you know, the, the the future is still bright. I still believe they could be a playoff caliber team. But one thing they will have to worry about, something that they haven't seen in years past, is competition within their division, sound competition. The AFC North might be one of the toughest divisions in, in the NFL this upcoming season. Clearly could be one of the toughest, toughest divisions in the AFC. You know, Baltimore, they're not going anywhere. Cleveland, it seems like Cleveland is starting to really find find their niche. Mm-hmm. And Cincinnati, if Joe's healthy and they make some more, uh, they add some more pieces, you know, that's going to be a tough, uh, a tough out as well. So right now in the division, you know, when I played for Pittsburgh, the only competitive team we had to consistently worry about was Baltimore. Yes. You know, Cincinnati surfaced here or there, but they weren't consistent. Now you got two other consistent playoff caliber teams in that division, and the one team that we may all say they're not a playoff caliber team, that is the wrong sparring partner you want to get in the ring with. Because if you're not careful, they can put you to sleep in Cincinnati. So that's going to be a daunting task for the Pittsburgh Steelers to get through. But I still believe they have a they have enough uh, to be able to have a playoff caliber year. Appreciate it, Brian. Yep. Hey, B Mag, it's Jerry, man. Uh, welcome, welcome again. Yep. So. Uh, a couple of things, you know, let's let's go back to one of your podcasts. You had one with Brondell Moore, right, uh, who had a, a recent pro day that, I mean, opened eyes. He's a wide receiver out of Purdue, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I think I, I love the two perspectives that you brought on board. And, and, and this is going to lead to my question, but how, you know, you you talked how Patrick Peterson, right, uh, your your co-host, he, he got selected pretty early in the first round. And you said. You went on to say that that you know you want you were expecting a first round pick, but you went to second round. Now, right now, as we speak, the the draft is coming. It's coming pretty fast. If you could explain it, even whether you're first or second or later round pick, I mean, what are the emotions leading up? I mean, is it nerves? I mean, how did how how do players stay calm during this? Because I'll tell you this: as a fan, we we just nonstop like just you know. Just talking about it. How do you guys do it? That's nerve wracking. Uh, me and Pat <laughs> B. You Thank know, you, man. Pat, Thank you for for telling us that. And, and it's it's safe to say for fans, it's nerve wracking as well. Yeah. Because you want your organization to get it right, but for most fans, 
the only way you believe your organization got the pick right if they select the player you want them to select. Oh, well said. <laughs> well said. To say, right? Because, you know, as a fan, let's say your favorite team, you know, you're the Dallas Cowboys and, and you want them to go get Pat Sertan and they go get someone other than Pat Sertan Jr. You feel some type of way because you're like, wait a minute, that's not who I wanted. Yeah. Yeah. Every ultimate fan feels like they know exactly what their team needs. Mm-hmm. It's safe to say. That's the part that I love about Fandemonium. You know, every fan, they feel like, I know what we need, or I have <laughs> the best insight on what we need. So for oh, yeah. players, the nerve-wracking feels that fans may go through through the draft, the players go through that as well, but it's times three. Oh, yeah, because oh, my the, goodness. One, there are only a handful of guys that are happy with where they get drafted That's when true. it comes to their draft positions. Every other player may feel like, I should have went higher. Right. Simple. It's just simple. Like the top five guys, you know, they're pretty. It's pretty safe to say the top five guys won't have any issues about where they got drafted. Yeah. Now, now, if you Trevor Lawrence and you don't go number one, you're gonna have an issue. Mm-hmm. But everybody else, you know, two, three, four, five. It's safe to say those guys are. Hey, I went where I was supposed to go, where I thought I should go. Everybody else is gonna feel some type of way. I should have went higher. You know, if you got a guy who went. Who goes number twenty five? Uh, he's he goes, he's twenty fifth. He probably felt like he should have went eighteenth. Right. You know what I mean? Okay. And it's it's like that throughout the draft, especially the first three rounds. And because of that, that's why it's nerve wracking. You know what I mean? Because when you go later than what you expect, number one, the most important thing you're thinking about is you lo- you're losing money because the yeah. higher you go, the more money you get. Very you know, true. the more solidified your contract is. Number two, you might go to a team that you, you might not have been. The pick, if you could pick your team. You know what I'm saying? So for me, I was disappointed because I thought I would go higher. And then I was disappointed because I was going from Florida to Pittsburgh. <laughs> I go from Sunshine consistently, you know, played high school ball in South Florida, went up the road to Tallahassee, and now I'm leaving Tallahassee to go to Pittsburgh. <laughs> but it all worked out for me. But these are some of the things that players go through or think about during the draft process and any advice I, I would tell any up and up and coming draft player to expect the worst, because when you have your expectations high and anything less than those expectations happen, you're disappointed. You know what I mean? So, so just taper your expectations a little bit. I know people may say you got a first round grade or you may have a top 20 grade. No, don't hit, don't listen to that. Expect the worst. So whenever you do get drafted. Mm-hmm. It's more of a surprise, a happy surprise, than a disappointing letdown. Bingo. Well said. Uh, let me ask you this. What kind of advice would you give players also? Uh, because there is something unique about that Steelers uh, defense that you were a part of. I mean, it's just like you guys. We had Ryan Clark on, RC. We had him on uh, recently. Mm-hmm. And, man, uh, I mean, you guys just you guys just all mesh well together. Now, I don't know how how it was in the locker room, but it just, when you guys would play, it just, you guys knew each other so well. How, how, how could a rookie that's coming in this year draft, or maybe even from the last year's draft, how can they mesh well to be able to play together as a, as a cohesive team? Well, I think the best part to get rookies to mesh and to feel comfortable with that said organization, the best part to have that happen is to have veterans, vet, vets, make those guys feel comfortable. Right. It's like this, you know, teams, NFL teams, baseball teams, basketball teams, hockey teams, 
they're the same. They have the same makeup as a Fortune 500 company or as a brand that has different people associated with that brand. So for you, Jerry, if you were new to the podcast world and we're all working in the same building, it's my job and Kendall's job to make you feel comfortable mm-hmm. because that makes that meshing process easy, easier for you when right. we welcome you aboard because we already been a part of this structure. Makes so we sense. know what it takes for this building to continue to stay up and continue to go higher. You don't know, but it's our job to show you. Now, individually speaking, you have a skill set that that was able to get you to where you are. But for you to be able to showcase your skill set consistently, we got to make you feel comfortable. We can't make you feel like an outcast. We got to make you feel like a part of a team. Instantly, you walk into the building. Now you see how we do our things to make sure our job and the company is doing what they're supposed to do. You see how Kendall is doing his thing. Me and Kendall are two different people, but we attack the game the same way. Now you see that, and we share some little ins and outs with you, and vice versa. Now we all working together. So when you make someone feel a part of the family, they're willing to go above and beyond the task that's called called for them because they want to make everybody happy. Because when the team is happy, when the family is happy, nine times out of ten, you're happy because you're doing something positive to bring a smile to all of our faces. So for for these rookies to answer your question, the vets got to make these guys mesh. Right. When I first got to Pittsburgh in OTAs, my third OTA, I remember Jerome Bettis, who was uh, his locker was maybe four or five lockers down away from mine. He reached out to me. He said, hey, Rook, Florida State. Hey, man, I don't know if you got anything going on this afternoon, but why don't you come by Deuce, Deuce Staley's house? We're going to have some cars and cook some food. And I was like, is he talking to me? Like, <laughs> Right? But that was my <laughs> messing moment. And then he said, make sure you bring as many rookies as you can bring. Get everybody to come. So now as the rookie class, we're like, yo, we're hanging out with guys that we grew up watching that we respect on and off the football field. And they had the they had the the decency to, to invite us to this gathering, team gathering, that instantly made us feel like a part of the team. Right. So now we were like, you know what? They they see that we're a part of this team. We haven't done anything. The best way to repay them for that courtesy is to go out and ball out and let them know, you know what? We actually are a part of this team. But when you make people feel comfortable and you make the entire environment comfortable, then success will follow and it will follow throughout the entirety of that player's career there. And then it's a domino. You know, when that rookie becomes a vet, guess what? Now he has to do the same thing the vets did to him. You never lose that cycle. Yeah. Sounds like a cultural thing more than anything. (laughs) Yes, it uh, is. So, so let me ask you this. So you've made a very smooth transition. I told this to Ryan Clark, but I think that with you, when I actually hear you, you speak with so fluidity, it just, it just, it's awesome. I mean, when did you know that you were going to make this transition from, from playing football to, to now uh, analyzing it or. Uh, I've always been a historian when it comes to sports, especially football. And Ryan can tell you this. We used to have some of the more we used to have some of the, the most heated debates in our life. <laughs> like during our break time before we go out to practice and get on the field. During our break time, we're going back and forth with each other. I mean, back and forth. You know, you you gotta show that you you knew the most. You know what I mean? You were on point with anything. What school such and such went to? Who did <laughs> who did this in that Super Bowl? What was this Super Bowl played at? Like we used to always go back and forth because we were competitors. Yeah. We showcased that competitive nature when we were not on the football field. So 
I guess I always knew I wanted to be a part of sports because I just love sports, especially football, college football, NFL football, high school football, pop one, it doesn't matter. And when I knew my career was over, football is my first love. And because it was my first love, it never felt like work. Right. And this is something yeah. that I believe. If you're okay. doing what you love to do, you would never work a day in your life. Mm-hmm. So I said, well, heck, it's hard for me to repeat that same love that I have for football because I grew up loving the game of football as a toddler. You know what I mean? But what could I do that can still give me that same energy, that same passion, that same enthusiasm? Talk about, it. Talk about the game. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I said it might not give me that same rush, but it can fulfill at least half of my cup that I would still feel like I, I never work in a day in my life. Right. So then I started to do my groundwork and just trying to volunteer my time. I was doing like whatever it was I could do to just try to get an opportunity. Um, and it got an opportunity. It got another opportunity. I just kind of kept chopping wood, chopping wood, chopping wood. And, uh, you know, was able to get an opportunity with CBS. Uh, been doing wow. that, you know, for some years now. And because of my relationship with CBS, I was able to do the podcast that I'm doing. And because of the podcast, I'm able to get on with guys like yourself and other people that would love to have me uh, have my voice be a part of their show as well. So it's just been a learning curve, a learning process. Uh, but through repetitions, you know, you get better, especially when you go about it in a serious way. And that's what I've been doing. Yeah, well said. Now, before we let you go get off the air, we want we want to see if you're bold enough to let us know the layout of the first three picks in this year's NFL draft. Just the three picks. It's easy. They're easy. I mean, the only the only wild card would be the third with San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Cause you got Trevor Lawrence, you got okay. uh, Zach Wilson, okay, uh, and you got Mac Jones. I think Mac Jones Ooh. will go third to the 49ers. Mm-hmm. People wow. sleeping on Mac Jones. Mac Jones yeah. can move. He can go. Yeah. He just has <laughs> he just has a soccer dad body. Yeah. Him. You know, he, he he has a soccer dad body, and now the league is starting to, you know go into the direction of athletic quarterbacks because yeah. it's a copycat league. Everybody wants the mobility of a, of a Josh Allen. Everybody mm-hmm. wants the mobility of a Pat Mahomes, a Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson. He's just doesn't look like an athletic quarterback because he takes his shirt off. That's not the guy you're picking to be on your team. <laughs> but when you turn the tape, he can he ball. Yes. He can ball. And I think Kyle Shanahan realizes the skill set. Then the, uh, the cerebral game, the above-the-shoulder game that he has, he feels like, I can put this playbook in front of him, and in two, three weeks, he has it. He's mastered it. Not to mention, Kyle Shanahan gave, you know, helped Matt Ryan, who is the ideal pocket quarterback who lacks mobility, help him get an MVP award. And right. Matt Jones is 10 times more athletic than Matt Ryan. So I think that is the wild card there, but I think Matt Jones will be uh, the pick for the San Francisco 49ers, and I think that would be an ideal pick. I have no issues with that pick. I think Matt Jones, Matt Jones can ball. I mean, the numbers, he has hot tape. Actually, Mac Jones, when he was in the lineup, the Alabama Crimson Tide offense looked better than when Tua Tonga-Vailoa was in the lineup. Mm-hmm. Even going back to last year before Tua got hurt. You said it. Well said. Well said. Mac. where can our audience follow you? Oh, man, you guys can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. The name is the same, BMAC, B-M-A-C underscore Sports Talk. Uh, check me out on CBS Sports HQ, weekly, daily. 
uh, talking college football, getting ready for the draft, of course, getting ready for the NFL season as well. Fantasy football will be right around the corner. I will be doing some things with that as well. And gambling. And also check us out, the podcast, All Things Covered Pod. You can follow our YouTube uh, page. Please subscribe. Just go to youtube.com slash all things covered. Uh, we have an Instagram uh, page as well, all things yes, covered pod. We have a Twitter page, ATC covered pod. And we also have a Facebook uh, page as well. So give us a, a, a subscription on YouTube or either just your normal podcast format. Don't forget the five star rating. Thank you all for joining and us. Rating, yeah. <laughs> Appreciate it, Matt. Thank you all for joining us. Thank you, B Mac. And that's going to go ahead and wrap it up for this edition of the East West Football Podcast. For all your latest news and updates, make sure you go to eastwestfootballnetwork.com. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast and also our new YouTube channel, eastwestfootballnetwork.com. Ever thought about starting your own podcast? Do you have a business or a message you want to share with the world? Well, now it's easier than ever with Electricast. Hi, I'm Mark Netter. And I'm Peter Ravelson. We're the founders of Electricast Media. Whether you want to start a new podcast or already have one, join Electricast to grow your audience, monetize your content, and build your community. With our simple sign-up, you get free promotion, world-class analytics, premium ads, and personal support. Go to Electricast.com and join our community today. Electricast. Transform your influence. Electricast. Miles, are you ready to record our promo for Season 2 of the Wanna Bet Podcast? David, have you ever seen a grown man naked? Miles, we're not here to quote lines from Airplane. We're here to tell people that Season 2 starts August 18th. But I like Airplane. I know you do, but Wanna Bet is a sports betting podcast. Each week we bet $1,000 on the NFL teams and games that we love. Well, that sounds like fun. It is fun. And last year, you picked over 60% of your games correctly. How'd you do? We're not talking about that. We are telling people that they can find us every Friday. So no more movie quotes. Roger, Roger. Electric Acid. Electric Acid.